What's up, family? I am Corindiana Lane, and I do worship. And I am Nazinga Benton, and I do therapy. And together, this is Worship and Therapy. We always, because it's super important, give our disclaimers. As an international worship leader, a parent, a spouse, a friend, and a regular person like everyone else, it's tough to find a place where you can kick back, let your hair down, and just be heard. So we created a platform that focuses on mental health advocacy for not only Christians, but also African-American communities, where we discuss the really tough issues that we all deal with in life. And now, Nzinga will give her disclaimer. I am a licensed professional counselor. However, I am not your counselor, and this does not replace you going to counseling. The things I discuss are things I've researched, things I've experienced, and my personal opinions on the matter. Now, with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. I have asked my brother, okay, my spiritual brother, right? Not like my blood brother, but... (laughs) Oh, I feel like, you know, we do life together, so he's you do. my brother anyway, so, um, but I've asked him to come on to be my special guest tonight. He is an amazing, amazing producer, songwriter, um, drummer, um, entrepreneur. Um, no. no, I'm just normal. I'm letting, I'm trying to, you know, the list keeps going, <laughs> put it off there. Because he gets all, you know, modest and uh, acts, likes to be humble. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Calvin Finner is our guest, our special guest tonight, bro. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity. We are discussing a topic that is very sensitive um, to, I would say, the uh, majority uh, of the world, you know, majority of people. Mm-hmm that have to walk through grief. So tonight's topic is we're covering grief, um, basically how to move and deal with the loss of a child. Um, I asked my, you know, I asked my bro to come on here because I know him personally. So I know the things that he's walked through in life and that he's had to legitly journey out, which, and I'm, I feel like he's probably still journeying that out. And I really felt like, um, he could help um, help the audience in that way because I know we have a lot of um, people who watch the show that um, a lot of them have dealt with um, losing uh, losing spouses or losing children or uh, in in tragic situations as well. So <clears throat> I felt like being able to cover this topic, especially just grief in a sense of losing a child, will really help. Uh, people that are that are listening and that are um, that are tuned in. So thank you for even just availing yourself and you know you're kind of i kind of deem you as i mean you're you're an open book to to a certain extent and i think you're a little bit more you know more open with people that you know and that you love and trust so you being on this platform and opening up in this way i believe that it's going to bless so many people just because i know it's a sacrifice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be vulnerable in this way to strangers, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so I just kind of want to start off by um, if you can just kind of tell us like when, I guess, or how did it begin as far as uh, when you, I guess, when you knew there was a problem or when you guys were presented with that there was a problem uh, with your son? So... Um, 
pretty interesting situation. So, first of all, CJ was born a preemie. Okay. So, um, my wife at the time, she was pregnant with CJ. And um, then, like, it was just randomly one night, she, she was like, babe, I think my, my water broke. We was like, what? <laughs> so, right. You know, so how many how many months was she then? Um, I think when CJ was born, he was twenty eight weeks or twenty six weeks. Okay. Um, because he was supposed to be due in January. Okay. Um, like I think a week before or a week after Crystal, because uh, Kason's in January too. So they're supposed to both be born in January, and he came November. Uh, I think it was 14, 16? No, November 14th, I think. Okay, so he was two months early. Right, he was two months okay. early. So um, we had been getting good reports. Like, after he was born, like, we were driving out to Decatur. Um, Decatur Medical Center had, like, an awesome NICU. So we were driving out, like, every day. Um, he was doing great, you know. Uh, he was taking bottles. He was gaining weight. Everything was just, like good and so what happened was that thanksgiving my family came down to my family from pittsburgh came mm -hmm. down to myrtle beach okay and so we were, they're like hey you guys coming up and we checked in with the doctor like hey how's everything like if we went to myrtle beach for a couple of days how would it be you know how everything go it was like oh you can go he's doing great so on and so forth so i think we left on like the Wednesday, I think, is when we left to go to Myrtle Beach. So we drove down. Mm -hmm. And um, so, like, we had Thanksgiving dinner on a Thursday. And that mm -hmm. Thursday night, it was like maybe 12 in the morning. I got a call from the hospital. Mm. And I was just like, hey, how you guys doing? What's going on? Um, they're like, hey, are you guys... Um, are you guys able to come by the hospital? We were like, we're in South Carolina. Right. Um, they're like, okay. I was like, is everything all right? And they was like, uh, well, he's having a little complications, but, you know, um, it, it should be okay. Uh, you guys, uh, we'll check back in with you in a little bit. And so I looked at Amanda and I was just like, uh, I, from what I remember, neither one of us had peace. Like, we were both kind of like, we think we should go. Right. And so we told our family everything that was going on, and we started packing our stuff to leave. And it was like, maybe not even 30 minutes later, they were like, yeah, you guys need to come to the hospital. It was just like, okay. Uh, you know, like, mm. this, is, this is crazy. You know, so, mind you, we're four four and a half hours away, you know, wow. to Myrtle Beach. So start driving. Um, and I think I was doing a good 95 <laughs> the whole time, you know, like middle of the night, just flying down the highway. And they were calling like every 30 minutes. Mm. Like, hey, he's, uh, things are, he's not really progressing. He's getting a little worse. And um, then they explained what was happening. I forgot what it's called. There's an actual word for it. I should have looked this up. But anyway, um, 
essentially what has started happening was his internal organs have started to fail. Okay. So like his um his entire like digestive system and stuff like that has started to fail. And so we were driving back and uh called someone very dear to my heart, Pastor Carol. Um and she already know like if I call her two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> like something going on. So I called her, told her what's going on. Yeah. She started praying with us and we were just praying, you know, praying in tongues and listening to worship the whole time. Yeah. Um, on the way there and then of course getting the phone calls. And um I think we were maybe like maybe like 45 minutes away from the hospital when they called us and said he passed. Mm. And like at the time I got off the phone, I was just like, I don't accept this. Right. You know, I was just like, I just, I just won't accept this, you know. Um, and got in the hospital, just walked in and it's, I don't know a word to describe, like, when you go from seeing, like, your baby, like, just full of energy, like, two days ago, to, like, literally not moving. Mm. Like, it was a very eerie feeling, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, no response, no anything. And we could see all the, he had been connected to everything because they were trying to get him fluids and right. all that kind of stuff. But, um his internal organs had just failed and just like that part, like that, that image is just, just, you know, that's just crazy to, to just to see, you know? So, um, that was, that was a very, that was a very challenging time because it wasn't my first time dealing with grief because like a lot of people don't know is that like I lost my father when I was 16. Okay. And so um lost my father to cancer when I was 16. So it wasn't my first time dealing with grief, but it still hit like, mm. yo, this is like, because he had my name too. Like mm. that was, see, that was Calvin Finner Jr. Like that was my baby boy. Yeah. You know, and, and for all the, the reports that we had begun about how he was growing and putting on weight and everything, mm. they were just like, he's exceeding all expectations and, blah 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 and we were just like it's such a high point with just like wow he he came early but god we trust you to sustain him yeah and so um yeah that was that was that night you know into that early morning of of losing him and um i think the thing i had to one of the hardest things i had to get over was not being there you know, it was like, because we were in a whole nother state, you know, and yeah, at, and to be honest, it's like, it wasn't necessarily our fault. You know, yeah. it wasn't our fault that he passed. Um, it wasn't God's fault that he passed, you know, like right. even praying on him to, to, to be, to be restored, to be revived. It was just like, someone said to me, they were like, but what body do you want him to be revived into? Like this body has failed him. And it was just like, I know, but that's my boy. Like, that's my, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my baby boy. So yeah. um, it was tough, man. You know, it was real tough. Um, yeah. 
So it's like you had to, you were dealing with regret on top of grief at the same time. Like, first, ugh, that's so very loaded. Yes, that's, that's very, very loaded with, a, with layers to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even, you know, in, in just listening, you were like, you know, I hadn't, de well, dealt with grief before with losing your father at a young age. Mm -hmm. So, and then, the, you know, this, this happened. So even the level of grief being coupled, you know what I'm saying, with this right. out level of grief on, right. you know, on top of regret, you know what right. I mean? Or like that feeling of like, what the heck? Why did we leave? Why did, you know what I mean? Like going through that and those emotions, like I just can't imagine that feeling. Like I can't imagine what that feels like to feel like. It's heavy, bro. It's heavy. Like, and the thing is, is that like, um, so I know we'll probably get into the ways of overcoming it, but one of the things that, what happened at the time was that the enemy was trying to connect me losing CJ and me losing my father. Yeah. Because when I lost my father, uh, I dealt with the same thing with regret because it was like very short version. Silly. It was an argument. Me, mom, dad, grandma, whatever. Very ghetto looking situation. <laughs> <laughs> and I did the whole one Tree Hill. I don't ever want to talk to him again. Oh, no. Stupid. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, a year later, I find out my father has cancer, you know, and um, then not too long after that, he passes. And in that process, though, finding out that in that year that he was, like, going to the doctor and all this kind of stuff, that he was getting bad information, false information, and the person who had the information that could help them was my mom. And, but because I didn't want to talk to him, she wasn't about to talk to him. Wow. And so like for years, like I had to deal with that. Like, bro, yeah. like my dad could still be here. Like if I wasn't so prideful, but I was 16, you know, like, you know, on, on the getting through it side, you have to also have perspective. And at the time I was 16, like, yeah. I didn't know better in terms of like dealing had, with conflict. You had like the normal response <laughs> right, right, a person right. would have in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so like fast forward to CJ, it's like, bro, like here again, like I wasn't here, but it's like, but what could I have actually done in that right. time? But it didn't help. Like in at the initial hit, it didn't help to be like, yeah. bro, like I literally was like four hours away when my son passed like that's crazy you know like but then it's like I don't know how I would have even I don't know that I would have been how I would have been being there because mm -hmm. if I'm there while he's passing and that, he's slowly different yeah that could have been a different so, level of woo. I might have just now came out of something <laughs> It's just, <laughs> yeah, that, like I can't, that that probably definitely would have been a different level of 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 grief and hurting to actually like watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like right. pan out because you guys were there. Like I remember y'all were there twenty four seven basically. Like 
around the clock sometimes yes. keeping each other or like yeah. you know to at least go home and take a shower you know yeah, so bro. i can't i know that you would have been there you know what i mean like yeah. you would have watched it and i don't know it i don't know how <laughs> now you know no. what i mean <laughs> messed up. right it was, a, it was like literally literally like one of the um to this day it's like one of the hardest things i had to deal with you know um just from like a parenting perspective you know the grief of of you know especially as a man i don't, I don't want to say especially as a man but like uh like we yeah, have the gender reveal and it's like we find out it's a boy like i was on cloud nine i got my boy da -da 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 -da. You know, we ain't had any complications with the pregnancy up until that point. Like, it was just like, you know, so it all kind of caught us off guard because it all happened so quick. Like, he literally passed, like, two weeks after being born, yeah. you know. Um, and with all the reports they were giving us, it was just like, he was going to be fine. Wow. You know, so, um, because there had been babies that had been born earlier than him that lived with no mm. issues um, and then there have been some that have been born after that had issues but they were just saying the way he had been um, taking bottles and um, like breast milk all that kind of stuff like it was like the boy was just he was killing it and then next thing you know his whole internal system failed him and um, yeah it was rough man wow okay <laughs> <laughs> get my emotions together okay all right um okay that's a lot you know i just kind of want to just pause for a second to really just kind of you know just just take that in because i i feel like sometimes you know when we deal with things or we walk through things we have a hard time just pausing you mm -hmm. know what I mean? and just say okay let, let me just take this in all right and that's um to be honest that's that's one of the, in terms of overcoming grief, I would say that's literally like step one, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, like. The pausing. You, you gotta pause, you know, yeah. you gotta like step back because it's like, um, it's like if you have a car accident, you get out the car, like you assess the damage. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to like, get out and if like you fall on the ground you you stop and you look and see where am i hurt like yeah yeah, yeah. my toe did I hurt? like am i bleeding like that i have broken bones like That's and because we aren't just physical beings we're also like emotional beings like we have to also just check like okay what am i feeling right now? Mm. you know what i'm saying like there's a spiritual side of it yeah like but our spirit is tied to our soul which is tied to our body yeah. So like a third of us, yeah, is like going ham wrecked. too. Like you know what I'm saying, saying? And, wrecked. <laughs> right? Like we literally have to literally stop, and it's like, um, I don't know if anyone's seen it. Like the new Spider-Man movie, there's like this part where Doctor Strange is like trying to collect everything going around. And he just goes, Shh, and he just puts it like in this little cube, and like. I see movies all the time and I get these illustrations, but for me, it was just like all this swirling stuff were emotions. And he just literally says, and puts it together. And you have to give yourself 
You have to get still enough to be able to analyze everything going on, to know what to catch and how to catch it to stabilize yourself. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you don't stop and stabilize yourself and you start trying to walk, like, after, say, you had that car accident and you say, yeah. I'm good, I'm going to just drive off. Well, you never get out the car and look to see that your rear tire is off the axle. So mm-hmm. once you accelerate, you're about to be dragging. To like, be the dra- back of that car is dragging. Yeah. Which you know thereby will further damage the car or, you know what I mean, could cause another accident. Could, woo, that's good. And it's that's like when you do the things, good. when you do that with your emotions, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like when you do that with your emotions, when you, when you, when you don't stop to say, what am I feeling like? I'm feeling anger right now. Like, okay, okay. You're feeling anger. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Now say, why am I feeling anger? Okay. Right. I'm feeling anger because blah, 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 blah. Like, I should have been here. I should have this. Okay. So is that anger or is that regret? Well, it could be both. Okay, but why are you feeling it? Okay. Now, what could you have done? So right. now let's start figuring out, like, based on what you're feeling, what was the solution at the time? Right. You know, and, and something I wrote down earlier, you know, when, when we talk about grief, like, there's – there's dealing with grief and then there's dwelling with grief. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times when people have grief happen to them because grief happens to everybody. Like when, when grief comes and knocks at your door, like you can choose to deal with it or you can dwell with it. Dwell. You know? And like dwelling mm. with something means like, yo, like I'm gonna let you come in my house and I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna make you a bed. We gonna yeah. have dinner. Like yeah. we gonna you- kiki ha ha. Like, my snacks <laughs> bro like the only thing we should be dwelling with is the presence of god like literally yeah. that's the only thing we should dwell with like on a on a spiritual and emotional level like continually like we should be dwelling with god like but not dwelling with grief like i mm. you can deal with grief yeah absolutely you know what i'm saying like if if um if abuse comes at you you can deal with it or you can dwell with it like and unfortunately some people choose to dwell in it but then they realize, yo, I need to deal with this and I need to get out of this situation. Right. And it's the same thing with grief. Like when you choose to dwell with grief, grief will abuse your emotions mm. and abuse your mentality like continuously. And you That's don't even like recognize it sometimes. You're like, because the world so right now is so much geared towards like this whole like just feel it and just 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 have all the feelings and just let them flow. And it's like no, you need to control it, figure out how to control it, figure out how to deal with it, but don't let it dwell with you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you're going to have grief. You're going to have disappointment. You're going to have loss. You're going to have all these negative aspects of life. Yeah. But you choose what you let dwell with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so when we, when we lost CJ, like, one of the most, like, important things that I, I, I would and I don't even know if that's where we're supposed to go right now. But one of the most important things that, like, really helped me was literally, like, not isolating myself. Okay. So I I had a few people that I would talk to. Uh, I had my wife. and um, But I had to be selective on who I talked to. Oh, for sure. Because, like, some people adopt a mentality of dwelling 
So right. like if I go and talk to this family member, this family member might be like, Oh my God, how are you making it? I've just been crying every day and yeah. it's like What do you think I feel? I feel, but it's like that's not where I want to stay. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like some people feel like they want to stay there. It's like you have to choose one day you have to choose like I don't want to stay here anymore. And yeah. when you choose that, you have to choose who am I gonna be around. And I can't be around people that always say, I, I, I was just crying like before you call me, baby, how you? no, like no, like I, I was around people who encouraged me, who who loved me, who who spoke the word into me. Um, you guys at the church just like literally just you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like and even then it was like there's a massive music department at the time, but like even then I only talked to a handful, like a couple yeah. of people. Because the thing is in isolation is where the enemy gets you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the Bible says that he uh prances around like as a lion seeking who he may devour. You know what right. I'm saying? And like a lion, if you if you study how lions hunt, like God is intentional about his like examples. Yeah. Like if you study how lions hunt, like when they hunt like a herd, like they're literally just trudging along at the back and they hunt the stragglers. Mm. They don't get that's why like when, when elephants or, or any other animal like in the um that is in the area where a lion is hunting, they put their young ones in the middle of the herd. Mm. Like when you I'll like when that lion comes by, like it's like literally the, the little ones are in the middle of the herd, at the front and in the middle. You're going to have yeah. to go through all of this to, to get, get to the prized possession. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that lion does, doesn't go for that. Although that the baby may be the easiest to get, the lion don't go for that. Because mom, dad, auntie, uncle, everybody around that little baby animal. Uh, but let that one straggle off to the back. That's the one that's going to get got. And wow. there's a movie that like, um, it's called, what is that movie called? The Gray. It's called, I wrote it down because I was like, oh, I remember this. Uh, it's this movie called The Gray with Liam Neeson, and they're, like, stuck in this Arctic area. And you literally see this unfold, like, through the movie where there starts out, like, ten of them off of a crash plane, and they're trying to hike down a mountain, and it's a pack of wolves hunting them. When the wolves are hunting them, they never attack when they're all together. It's when that one person, like, slips on some ice, rolls to the side, breaks the ankle, something dramatic. The wolf comes in at that moment and gets them. The enemy's the same way. Yeah, yeah. Enemies the same way. Like, if he gets you isolated, and he starts coming in your mind, and there's no one around you right. to help, like, bounce that foolishness off your head, wow. like, literally, he will attack, attack, attack until you get to the point of feeling like you're going crazy, feeling like you're going to explode, feeling yeah. like it's too much. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have... Uh, um panic and all these other things that come along with with fear because it's like you think thinking oh i'm just sad enemies just talking to me about sadness no then he goes talking about fear yeah you know depression all this kind of stuff he's just going to come and get you because you're isolated mm. and like one of the things i could tell people like if whenever people ask me stuff about um grief and dealing with cj it's like first thing is don't don't try to do it alone like yeah because at the end of the day, like, we are created as, like, communal beings, like, humans, like, we're communal, like, we, we flock together, we, we mess with each other, we make our little families, we, we tribe right. up or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, you don't, it's not natural for people to come out the womb and want to be isolated. 
Yeah. And my three-year-old came out, and she like, hold me. You know, yeah. to this day, she get out the bed. She like, I ain't moving nowhere until I sit in your lap for like five minutes and you hold me, bro. That's even like when the Lord made Adam and he said he's not, you know, fit to be alone. And he, exactly. It wasn't even just about marriage or making a wife for him or something like that. No, he just wasn't meant to be alone. Bro, like literally, <laughs> Jesus, walked, Jesus was God's word manifested in flesh. Like Jesus mm -hmm. is God in flesh. He walked the earth and he found help. Mm. So wow. if Jesus walks the earth, and finds help hmm. to do his ministry. Right. Why do we think we're gonna do anything by ourselves? Right. Wow. That's you good. know what I'm saying? And it's just like you have to you have to be mindful of that. Who do I like? As soon as something crazy happens in my life, the first thing I, I like <laughs> one of the first people I call is Pastor Carol. She uh <laughs> she be she like boy if you don't start calling. But anyhow. Uh, you you got to be mindful of who you talk to, like in that because your initial words, your initial responses, and all yeah. of that stuff, like that sets the tone. Like, and if you're married, like at the time I was married, so it's like that set the tone for even my wife at the time. It's like this is how we moving. Like we not yeah. about to be, yeah, we not about to be woe is me. We not like, about to be like because it's like it, it happened. It's painful. Like we gonna deal with it, but like we not gonna dwell with it. Mm. you know and uh, uh, dealing versus dwelling yeah, that, that's yeah. first of all that's a message that'll preach just <laughs> um like for real because i mean you if you think about it i think most times when we have the hardest time getting through things and not even just grief it can be all kinds of things like you mentioned right. that we're either dealing with those things or we're dwelling with them like for real. Well, if I think about the level of or um, when people are dealing with depression or panic attacks or um, any type of mental health challenge, there is a fine line, you know, between, you know, the dwelling aspect as well as the dealing aspect. Because, yeah. of course, this is a life journey. We know that we go through life. I always say life is going to keep lifing. And no matter what we do, no matter how we try to, you know, whatever, you're still going to get caught. You know what I'm saying? Life is going to yeah. catch you, okay? Yeah, it sure will. One way or the other. So it's our job and our responsibility to make sure that we're doing the work that we need to do. You know what I mean? To make sure that we're mindful of, of our mindset, mindful of what we're letting into our, our gates, mindful of what we're watching, what we're entertaining, what we're like all those different things, because we do still have to journey this life out. Definitely. And there are things that trigger us along the way, no matter what. Yes. It's like, you've come to a point in your, in your walking, in your journey where you've figured out, okay, so I know the things that I make sure that I do to keep myself in perfect peace, to keep myself, yeah. you know, just, not dwelling in that space but mm -hmm. you still have things that trigger you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. that thought you know what i'm saying of him even me asking you to come and be vulnerable in this way triggers that level because you have to recall that so even in the in the recall because that's what that's literally what we're doing <laughs> and when the triggers pop up we're recalling what has happened very often you know what i mean so if we don't have things that we that we do, the tools, the, you know, the confessions or, you know, we're saying things out of our mouths or not letting the thoughts just swirl around in our heads, but we're actually like doing the work to make sure that we stay um, in that space. Like, 
that dealing and dwelling thing, like that's a real thing because I think most people are dwelling. Yeah, like, bro. And it's like a fight. Like it's literally dwelling is saying like, I'm gonna lay next to you. Dealing is like, nah, I'm about to knock you out. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's so like it's strategy. Like, or it's like, bro, a, you know, when you're dealing, like, you're like, all right, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? All right. You, you know what I mean? Be, like your mind's on it. Exactly. Like you have to be, so like, like it, it's like, how do I say this? This doesn't directly impact grief, but it helps with like, so like one thing you have to do period in life is you have to know who you are and where you're going. Right. Um, reason why I say that is because like when life happens, including grief, if you know who you are and where you're going, something will push you forward. And it's usually that. It's usually an assignment or a call that'll push you forward that says, I cannot stay here. Right. You know, right. so like that could be, you know, um, like for me, like in the carnal sense, like I have a three-year-old. So certain things happen. I'm like, I cannot stay here because I have a three-year-old to take care of. Like mm -hmm. what we're not going to do is get in our feelings about whatever, you know, because I got a three-year-old to take care of. Or yeah. like a spiritual sense, it's like, I know what I'm called to do. So I cannot stay here because mm. I need to keep it going. And yeah. so like for me, on top of it was like, I had an assignment, like a big assignment at that time. Yeah. Like I was called to a specific place to do a specific thing. And although they did not rush me back, like me saying, okay, I know I still have to accomplish yeah. whatever, yeah. like it was like, that was like the me getting my foot out of the mud to get started mm -hmm. down that process of like, what is my calling? What is my purpose? What is my assignment at this time? Because like right now, that's going to help me to come back with yeah. coming in my mind. Because like you'll, you'll have like sometimes we, we as Christians say like, uh, oh, I'll pray on this and God's going to deliver this and da, da 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 and this, this and this. And it's just like, you know, when you deal with grief from a spiritual perspective, you have to like, you got to be careful because it's like some people believe like God is in, they'll say like God is in control and if that's yeah. what he desires and this is and this it's like no 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 you gotta let's fix this right quick you know it's like God is not sovereign in the sense that he's in control of everything right like right. from the jump like he gave man choice so he yeah. put Adam and Eve in the garden he said you're I su I suggest you don't eat of this fruit of this of this tree but right. it was still their choice yeah if God yeah. was sovereign. Wouldn't he have never put the tree in there in the first place? Right. So when they reach, when they have like a little electric shock or something, like, ah, I got you. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, but he's not sovereign in that way. And so it's like, when you go through grief on a spiritual perspective, it was like, when the first things I had to do was say, God, I know you did not kill my son. Mm. Like we live in a fallen world yeah. where, there, where there's death, there's curses, there's sickness, there's poverty, there's disease, all these kind of things. Yeah. And he succumbed to literally physical sickness. Like if his perfect body in heaven spiritually would not have failed like this. Yeah. And you did not put this on him to fail. You're not putting me through some tests. Yeah. You're yeah. not challenging me in some way to grow without not, none of that mess. It's just like, no, like literally spiritually, like God, I trust you. Like, and, and sometimes we, we put stuff like grief on God. Like, God is in control, and if this is what he wanted, then that's what it'll be. But that's lazy. That allows us to dwell 
with what just happened because we don't want to take ownership of our own deliverance from the situation. Yeah. You know, like when you say like God is in control, that means you can roll over and go to sleep because whatever is going to happen to you tomorrow is going to happen because someone else is doing it to you, not because mm-hmm. you're choosing to let it sleep next to you. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and with that, that's that dwelling versus dealing. And so it's like when you say I'm going to start dealing, even then you get all these thoughts, you get all these emotions that come in your head. And sometimes we say, oh, I'm going to just pray. I'm just, no, you got to open your mouth. You got to, no, God, I thank you, Lord, that I can have another child. Yeah. Yeah. Because you lose one, that doesn't mean you can't have another. And I love her with all my heart. Deborah Killings, like, she was one of the first people, like, and she came up to me and she said, it's okay. And she, she literally told me, um, she probably don't kill me. She told me about a time when she lost a child. Yeah. And, um, she shared her story and she said, but you can have another one. Wow. And for whatever reason, and this will sound stupid to some people, but this is why you got to have community and connection because it's like, up until that point, my mind hadn't clicked that I can have another child. Wow. And then community connection again, like being in, in place. Like if you go to church, go, go stay going to church because yeah. that's your community. That's your corporate worship group. Like, and one person at the time, like we just happened to be in service and, uh, Ryan Hyman walked up to us and um, he actually sold a financial seed into our life. Mm-hmm. And he said, God told me to tell you guys that CJ was a seed. Mm. And I said, mm. but I don't want, I didn't want to get that. But on the other side, it's like being attached to the corporate. Gotta give people words to give to you. That yeah. when you're dealing with, like, that day when you're dealing with whatever it is, someone else in your corporate circle will have a word from God that will literally uplift you and push you through that yeah. day. You know what I'm saying? Like, and sometimes we, I heard this uh, this word, uh, this, this statement the other day that we look at the word abundance wrong sometimes. Like, sometimes we think of abundance as, as like, you woke up, you have, like, $58 million in your bank account, you never got to think about it again. It's, right. Abundance is not necessarily operating like that. Like when Elijah was sustained by that uh, that widow with the um, and she gave him her last, but they were sustained for, I think it was like two years or something like that. I forgot. But anyhow, they were getting that every day. Yeah. But they operated in abundance. Like they had enough. And when yeah. you need more, you'll have that more, but that, that can be in a sense of abundance as well. And it's the same thing like when we were dealing with grief and emotions, we could think like, I should just be rid of this. Like right now, the Holy Spirit is just going to do a work and I'm going to da 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 It's going to be supernatural. No, 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 no. Sometimes it's going to be a, it's going to be a ground. You're going to like, literally there will be a whole day I cried. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and then like the next week I cry like three out of the, out of the yeah. seven days. Yeah. Then I cry one day. Yeah. But then like, it's it's even like I think like last year randomly one day I just had like five I just cried for like five minutes just thinking about CJ and I it I hadn't cried about CJ in like maybe a year or two before that yeah you know what I'm saying and then it hit me like this year tied to something else it was a crazy attack anyway but that's all yeah. my story but like that was like you know it it's not a and suddenly yeah you know it's not always an and suddenly when you talk about something like emotional and deep like that especially when it's a loved one, you know, because you, you have this bond with this person and that bond starts to root inside of your heart. And like, if you ever go to somebody's house and you see them cut down a tree, like if they were ever to rip that tree up from the ground, you would have this crater. The in the roots. 
<laughs> and when you deal with grief, that's what happens when it's sudden like that. Oh yeah. Some the world just came in and said, "Let me get this tree about your heart." Mm. Roots and everything. That's pain. Like that's not going to come and just be an and suddenly I'm all right. It's going to yeah. take time. Yeah. Like it's going to be a gradual process and sometimes we spiritually get dumb and think like oh, I don't have to do anything or it's going to suddenly happen and this is an S or no, you got to confess your word. You got to study your word. Yeah. And um, like for me, like I, I literally, I, as a musician, like I worship, like that's what I do. So I, I was fine. I was excited every time I got to play drums because it was an outlet for me to release, like yeah. and to worship. Like you have to literally worship God through that valley that you're going through yeah. for him to help you through that. Like you, you have to worship doesn't uh, worship only not only worship uh, basically helps us to realign our perspective to him and who he is yeah. and what he's done and what he's capable of doing. And so when you take yourself away from worshiping your father and worshiping God, when you're dealing with something as heavy as grief, you're giving yourself more inroads for the enemy. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you worshiping God, is like you building a fort and a fence and mm -hmm. guarding yourself because it's like, for me, a song that just literally stayed on my heart that I kept listening to over and over was Do It Again by mm -hmm. um, by Elevation Worship. Like, after Ryan started telling us about that, uh, he's like, God said he was a seed, da da da, da. And I, I learned, the promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You'll never fail me yet. Like, he didn't fail me. Like, I can have yeah. another son. Uh, I've seen you move. I've seen you move the mountain. You have to look back on your life and see where he's come through and know that like this is just this is something that happened but he can still give you beauty for your ashes and for us it was literally ashes but it was like beauty for ashes and it was crazy because after ryan told us that guy uh came to amanda and said um i'm going to give you joy that surpasses the pain you felt from this back friday so no he wow. said the next Black Friday, I'm going to give you joy that'll exceed the pain you had from this Black Friday. Because CJ passed on Black Friday. Okay. Um, and so literally, after everything, we took that in and it was just like, we went to work, got pregnant, and Nina was, <laughs> literally, <laughs> Nina was literally born the day after CJ passed. Wow. Like, she was born on the Saturday after Thanksgiving instead of the Friday, wow. which would have been crazy for her to have been born on Black Friday. That would have been really weird. That's but she was, crazy. Right. She was born on literally the day after CJ born. CJ passed November 24th. Nina was born November 25th. Mm, mm, mm. The exact next year. And it's just like... Wow. That, that whole process of getting through the grief, dealing with it, being mindful of who I was connected to allowed me to stay encouraged. Yeah. Me having my purpose and my calling allowed me to stay driven. Yeah. You know, and then when you when you're when you're aligned with where you're supposed to be and with who you're supposed to be, your mind can be open to hearing when he's trying to speak to you. Because yeah. sometimes when you let that thing dwell with you, when you let it dwell with you, you're letting it permeate your mind. Yeah. And it's penetrating into all your thoughts. And what's happening is you can't hear. It's like being you can't hear. underwater. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. You're like, God, help me, Lord. Da, 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 da. And he's trying to talk to you. He's like, baby, come on. Let's, let's, let's go do this. Let's, let's get out of here. Let's go to work today. 
Don't yeah. stay home. Don't call out again. Go to work. Yeah. Go to work. Let's let's this. Let's that. But you can't even hear them because you're too busy dwelling with that grief that you let yeah. come to your house. You done made the bed. You feeding that thing grits. Like you, yes. you whining and dining. You're like, what's up, grief? How you doing? Like you, How you, you dwelling doing, with grief? it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, like you got to deal with that thing. You know, like you think about the scripture. I think it was. I don't know who it was, but somebody's father passed and, and the Lord was like, basically like, uh, we have things to do with the living. Like we're like, we're not gonna, I don't know what, where the scripture was, but somebody's dad passed and he was like, but I gotta bury my father. And Jesus was like, yeah, but we've got to go. Like, let's, <laughs> we're focusing on the living. You're not about to go bury your father right now. He's already gone. You know what I mean? He's so yeah. right. Better place. I mean, but that's the thing on like, um, spiritually have a perspective you know what i'm yep. saying like having correct spiritual perspective like and it's it's a hard pill to swallow like i'm yeah. not gonna lie like it's it's a very hard pill to swallow to say like your child passed blah, blah, blah. but you're gonna see him again in heaven so that's your right. spiritual perspective it's like all right uh... <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking to like that? but Sorry, it's just like right but like legit though like on the on a real honest side it's like there's there's there, you have to understand that first of all god didn't do this to you like and, and a lot of times when this is happening like with grief like god didn't do this to you he didn't make this happen he didn't choose for this to happen like because if you we can't say he's a good good father and then say but you killed my child mm. like how are you gonna say he's a good good father but then at the same time believe that he's out here killing babies mm. that like, we sound so dumb as Christians sometimes. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why people don't respect right. us, but that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. it's like, you got to, like, when you when that thing hits you, you got to, like, literally first put it in perspective and align it. Like, okay, God, you didn't do this. You didn't cause this. Right, right. And when you accept that, then you say, I can trust you with the next steps. Because if you think for a moment that God caused the death of, like, your child, your mom, your dad, whoever, if you think God caused it, why would you feel okay to go and say, God, help me through this? Right. Like, why would I ask the person that took my baby to help me through dealing with the grief of my baby? That don't make sense. Makes sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. But people do it. And they say the most, you know, they say certain things because I think a lot of it is traditional or yeah. religious and uh, common. You know, yeah. I, you know, it just seems it's like they even... but... You know. it's, and it's like we 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 can get so spiritually deep and dumb that we do not let logic and reason kick in. Like, yeah, you're talking about the God that literally created a self-sustaining universe. Like, if there's some quote out there that like, if humans were to disappear like in X amount of thousands of years, the Earth would reset to the point that you would not even know human civilization existed. Right. Like trees will grow all through our houses, our buildings, and all this kind of stuff. Storms and blah blah blah. Like literally, like the earth heals itself. Like your body heals itself. Yeah. So, like right. if you if you you get scabs and stuff like that, your body heals itself. Like blood. Like we literally have the perfect amount of salt, like in and like oxygen and all these other things. Like it's the perfect amount of like everything. And if it was a little bit off, hmm. we'd be dead out here in these streets. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Gravity, yeah. all of that. All yeah. Of this. So yeah. why do we think a guy that detailed, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we don't approach a very detailed God in a detailed, thought-out manner. Like, okay, mm. if 
if he killed the child, why would he then help me through the killing? When he want me to like suffer and this, right. this. no, right. like that don't make sense. Right. That right. makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much dumb stuff that, and but that that comes out of like you said tradition yeah. instead of relationship. Because when you think and you know him relationally, like I I know right. you relationally. Correct? No, so like not like that because you know the you know the nature of him and, right. and you know him relationally, like a spouse or a exactly. parent or a child. You know what I mean? Like exactly. that level of connection. You like yeah, he would never. You know. Yeah. You know that you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then once you have a kid, like my oldest, she's twelve now, literally changed my whole perspective on God. Yeah. Like when I had her and what I felt holding her the first time and just being at the park with her, all that stuff, I'm just like if this is what I feel in my tainted self. <laughs> like Right. Imagine how much more. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, then you 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 have that relationship, and you say, "Okay, if that's how much he loves me, would he really want me to feel like this?" Yeah. And then that's what lets you shine a light on. Am I dwelling with this thing? Like you just put the flashlight on, like, "Yo, yeah." Like I'm dwelling with this right now. Yeah. I'm I'm letting this. But he wouldn't want me to because he loves me so much. So let me. Yeah. Let me start dealing with this. Yeah. God, how do I deal with this? Bro, you know what I'm saying? I remember when when I was going through my, you know, my break um just mentally from reality. Um, I remember that there was a point in my life where I definitely felt like I was dwelling, you know, mm-hmm. in the space because it was really hard to come out of it. So I remember when I think I can't, I, I know it was a day you called because at the time you were my supervisor. So, um, and I remember you called, it was, I'll never forget this day because just how you mentioned how you should, you have to make sure that when you're going through things in life and when you like, when you're, you know, your life shifts or you you know, takes a turn and you just about to check out this thing, you know what I mean? That, that you're surrounded by people that will speak into your life or just are spiritually in tuned or whatever. But I remember the day that you called and you were like, okay, so I'm not trying to rush you. And not that you didn't say it, you didn't say it all rudely. <laughs> I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but you were just like, but I, I need to know when you're returning. Right? I'll never forget that day because that was the first time that it entered into my mind of, oh, crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I have an ass- there's a call in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I have an assignment that I am supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, somewhere and, okay, this is taking too long. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I remember at that time when I kind of, you know, I think I went from the dwelling to the dealing after that. And yeah. I was kind of more, I had a more of a sense of urgency, like, okay, all right, so, all right, what do I need to do? How, you know, <laughs> like, it was very interesting, you know what I mean? Because I did not consider it. It wasn't even in my mind. Like, it was just like, first of all, my mind was, checked out okay so I I definitely wasn't thinking of returning anywhere okay I was more thinking of returning to the father during that time 
I'm like, Lord. Take me now. If it's time for me to go, I'd rather go quickly <laughs> than this slow. I'm like, <laughs> those are literally my conversations with him. Like, yeah, this whole suffering thing, I don't want to do this. So let's speed this up, you know? But I, I just... I definitely want to just highlight that, that when you are going through certain things or going through things that are traumatic or that um, the grief or, you know, I don't know, a loss of a parent, loss of, you know, just any, any level um, of just life stuff. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of check out for a moment. You must be surrounded by people that are like-minded for one people that are, aren't afraid to say certain things like, you had to be not afraid to call me and say, so here's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because it's anybody else, you know what I mean, that, that could have been either highly sensitive, you know, to it. Not saying that you were, you were a different level of sensitivity to it. But some people that may have been more sensitive, they probably wouldn't have said nothing. They, You know what I mean? They would have been just like, it's gonna, we're just gonna ride it out, however long it takes, you know. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be around people that, uh, that know your greatness. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and that's not in like an arrogant thing. You know, yeah. that's like literally God has called us all here to do great things. He said, "Greater works than these shall you do," and only great people do great things. So, you, you know, it's your greatness. I'm not trying to, you know, be arrogant yeah. or anything. But in the, the day, you have to be called or assigned or have some purpose higher or bigger than you like because if it was just yeah. about you yeah you went you would just stay there yeah you know? but like when it's like i would have been like let's just go <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying like and it's like you you gotta have something bigger than you whether it's your your kids or a business or a, a calling or whatever you feel is on your life like you gotta have something bigger than you and um be actively moving in it because like even just recently, like, I had to deal with something, and that's what snapped me out of what I was dealing with, because it was like, I had a client that, like, I had delayed a deadline, like, twice, so I was dealing mm -hmm. with something, and the guy was like, Calvin, you don't delay deadlines, I said, I sure don't, he said, so why are you doing it now, I said, you know wow. what, I ain't got time for this, you know what I'm saying, and it was like a light bulb switch, man, and it's, when I tell you, man, like, we, we either, we we have to, with every situation, we decide how long it will be a situation. Yep. You know, like, um, even with stuff recently in my life, like, I've been saying to people, because people look at you crazy, it's like, we, we, will, we will love the guy that we see that lays hands and somebody gets up and starts walking, like, right then on the spot, or they they are their eyes are open their ears are open or whatever and on the spot in the bible guys uh jesus was laying hands on people who said be made whole mm. and a lot of different messages i've heard talk about different stuff like that when he uses that expression it's not just physical it's like emotional and mental too and mm. like one thing i firmly am in the camp of believing at this point is like just as god can supernaturally heal my body he can also supernaturally Kill your emotions like literally it was like it wasn't a instant thing it was like and this isn't necessarily see this is something else but it's like it was a thing where like over a span of a few days it just was like i'm good bro like you know what i'm saying and it's like even with cj to a degree like 
once my heart opened to like literally receiving God to to come in and be the surgeon on my heart, mm-hmm. it was like supernatural. And that was something the man and I used to say, like, we literally looked at each other one day, it was like, bro, like, does this feel weird to you? Like okay. I feel almost guilty how okay I am. Mm. That's you know, that, and that's that's part of the peace that peace that surpasses our understanding. That's like you sitting there like, okay, this none of this makes sense. You know? Right. <laughs> and and the thing and this is why you gotta be mindful of who you are around at the beginning. Yeah. Because at that beginning point when you're building that peace, because you when life happens, your your peace can get robbed. Like the enemy yeah. comes to steal, kill, destroy, he comes to steal your peace, you know. And your peace can get robbed and stolen from you. And you literally have to rebuild that thing. Like you have to get that thing back. And who you allow to surround you helps you to build that thing back in a safe environment. Okay, now once you get to a point where that's rebuilt, yeah, and you start opening yourself back up to the world, is when you start to realize, whoa, I came out of that a little quick. Yeah. In the eyes of some people, because like we have family members like literally, I mean, Amanda was pregnant with Nina and folks still talking about, I just cry and think about CJ all the time. I'm like, <laughs> um, that was like eight months ago. Right. Wow. Like, I, I still, he was my son. Right. So how? Wow. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's not, I don't love, I didn't love and I didn't miss my son and all. It's just like, literally, I chose to mm. get about that thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, Amanda chose to get about that thing. And it was just like, that's how we as a unit move forward. Yeah. Because it's like, we, we, if we, we both knew if we stay here, we stay here, we'll get stuck. Yeah, it could have been a different outcome. For sure. Stuck, it'll it'll be a dark situation and yeah. yeah. It's like where where's your life gonna go doing with all that? And it's like, you know, there's there's counselors and therapists that'll help you get through all that. If you feel like you can't get through it on your own, like I definitely encourage people like get a counselor, like especially if you got a mind like mine that just be talking all the time and like yeah. Like, it was times where, like, I literally couldn't fall asleep unless I'm listening to a sermon because my mind just would not shut off. Like, I have to, like, put something on yeah. to help me fall asleep because my mind just would not shut off. Yeah. And, you know, you have to, if you can't deal with stuff like that on your own, get a get a counselor, get a therapist, someone that'll help you yeah. through that. Because, again, like I said, like, isolation is, like, the first thing that we go to or that the enemy tries to use against us when we're dealing with anything negative in life. Like, oh, I need to deal with this on my own, or I yeah. need to, I'm gonna pull away, or I need to take a break from this, this, and this, or I need space, you know. And it's like, but that's not how we were built. So it's like, why don't you find how to step away with a few versus like mm-hmm. the many? That's good. You know what I mean, that's good. So, in, cl- in closing, I kind of just want to go over some of the tools just that you, you know, that you put out there. So, for one, worship uh, was one uh, one uh, way you you use to build a force field, basically. You know what I mean? Um, around you, uh, yeah. To to keep out the enemy, basically. Yeah, because he comes at you with words, and right. so when you allow worship to play and to come from your mouth, you're combating his words with the words that God had promised you. Right. So even then, find worship songs that match your 
situation. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if you're dealing with, like, <laughs> losing, like, you might need to listen to See a Victory. You might need to listen to, like, uh, Nina's favorite song right now is House of Miracles by Brandon Lake. She's getting the car. Daddy, I want worship music. I put that on. That baby be back there singing her heart out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to, like, literally find there's a song a worship song written for every situation don't listen to nothing stupid you know what i'm saying but like there's like legit worship songs all the way with, through right like all the way through that are really and just play that mug on repeat like i literally i don't know that song was just on loop like yeah. through that time so so yeah, definitely worship be sure that we're not dwelling in the situation but that we're dealing with the situation yes or that we are uh, we're not isolating, even in the yeah. time, you know, it could be a situation that you just feel like, you know, like if it's like rape or, you know, uh, some, you know, some molestation, it tends to be those things that people isolate uh, from and they go inward. Yeah. As a, the, you know, actually like reaching out or talking about it or, you know, it doesn't have to be to everyone, but to a select few to keep yourself around people who will support you, who mm -hmm. will, get you know get you the proper help or whatever that you need um i think another thing you mentioned um oh gosh what was the other thing that you mentioned da, 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 da. community worship it was community worship dealing is instead of dwelling um I don't even know, that's, that's pretty that's a pretty good uh could a pretty good place to start like for real yeah. um but bro Thank you. Uh, anytime, man. Like, this has been so great. It's been so good. So full of just so much. Like, just, it's like sometimes you just never know what you know mm. until you talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> about it. You're like, okay, wait. <laughs> I'm actually quite knowledgeable about this. You nah, know? that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit told me that dwelling versus dealing this afternoon. I said, oh, let me write this down. Yeah. Because I legit, like, I prayed about the, the whole thing today, like, a few yeah. days ago. I was like, what are we going to talk about? I ain't hear nothing, like, the whole week. Yeah. I was like, I mean, we're going to talk about grief, but and today he um he was like, you got to deal with, you have to talk about the difference between dealing versus dwelling. I said, hold up. Let, wait, yeah, hold good. up. I said, you need to, like, you know, write that out and <laughs> bullet points or something. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much no for availing yourself and like being on this platform. We are so grateful um, for sure. Thank you. Thank you again. If people are on here and you want to follow Calvin, first of all, he's an amazing musician. He's like I said before, drummer, entrepreneur, producer, songwriter, he has an album out <laughs> on mm -hmm. Apple Music right now. What's the name of the album? Oh my God. You didn't eat through worship. <laughs> Unity through worship. <laughs> so you can go see that. I'm on that album along with a lot of us his of his wonderful worshiping friends. Um, but thank you so much again, bro. I appreciate this. This I know will bless the mess out of them. And it was, it, you really gave people tools to really come out of the mud, you know what I'm saying, of this thing, because it'd be hard out here, you know? And like, you know, the slogan that I've, I've coined and phrased, life 
is going to keep on lifing. So we have to have our ducks in a row, our I's dotted and our T's crossed out here and stop playing around like we don't know what we're supposed to do. Okay? So (laughs) tonight's been a great night. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks, bro. Bye, y'all.